Welcome to the Hills Church Podcast. We hope that it helps you become a strong and passionate follower of Jesus Christ. For more information, you can head to our website at www.hillschurch.com.au. Enjoy this week's message. Welcome. Good morning. How are you doing? If you hadn't realised already, I'm Rachel. There's actually a few of us around. I'm the Richardson one. Um, part of the eldership team here at Hills. I'm so glad that you're here. So glad that you're here. And for those joining online later in the week, I'm so glad that you've joined in. It's great to have you. Does anyone have a favourite movie that you know off by heart? You can be in the other room, the movie's playing, and you can hear it and you know exactly what's happening on the screen. Anyone with me? Yeah, I have shows like that too. One when I was a kid was The Princess Bride. Any Princess Bride fans who can quote pretty much the whole movie? Mowage. That's all I need to say. (laughs) Today, yeah. (laughs) Every so often though, as you watch these favourite movies, you come across something that you've never noticed before. Anyone done that? Yeah, oh my goodness. Or there's a character in there that you've now seen on a later movie and you go, oh, that, oh, did they get their start in that movie? Things make more sense as you watch it over and over again. Well, I have favourite books of the Bible just like I have favourite movies. Actually, I like the books of the Bible better than the movies. (laughs) Just to make that clear. (laughs) Ephesians is one of them. It's one of those books that's so rich in goodness and quotable quotes Yet when I read it, I find something new every time or something I've seen before hits at a deeper level. For those who maybe this is your first time in our series, there's two weeks that have gone before us and Pastor Evan did an amazing job of really fleshing out chapter one. Um, And if you've missed them, go back to YouTube or podcast and um, have a listen. The really, really nutshell version Pastor Evan shared how chapter one focuses on our identity and how it comes from God, not looking internally to ourselves, and then also how to live fully ourselves. We need the fullness and empowerment and wisdom and revelation of the Holy Spirit. So before we get stuck into chapter two, let's pray. Lord God, come with your wisdom, come with your revelation. God, as the words come out of my mouth, will you fill them? Will you inspire them? Will they reach into the heart of every single person and the mind of every single person? May they change us and make us more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, have you got 10 hours ready? I've got to, be, I've got to finish by five to four, apparently. <laughs> I have summarised as much as I can. However, there is so much in each one of these chapters that I can't do it justice. So it's on your heads to go away and research some more yourself, to read it in multiple versions. You pick up so much more when you read it in the different versions. Thank you, Jesus, for apps where we can just quickly flick it to a different version and have a read. So I encourage you this week, go away and do your own study. If you've been in small groups, you've already started this study. Um, But we'll touch on a few of the aspects in it today. To give you a basic overview, 
The chapter's broken up into two parts. Spoiler alert, part one is salvation by grace through faith. And part two is about unity or oneness with Christ. But both sections follow the same storyline. We were dead. God intervened. Then you were brought near to God. We'll see it as we go through. So if you've got your Bibles, follow along. They'll be up on the screen. I'm going to pause and flesh things out as we go through. Um, And then part two, we're going to bring it all together. Okay, starting at verse one. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. In other words, the living dead. Yes, there were zombies. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Just pause there. The concept of the ways of the world and the kingdom of the air. This can be interpreted as the powers that enslave us or mindsets that are not of God. Constructs set to control us. This can be things like politics, social structures, economics, spiritual constructs. They're powers that are set to divide us not bring unity. And we're seeing that all the time in our world. And I don't think there's ever been a time since sin entered the world where that hasn't happened. They might change slightly. They might look a little bit different. At the moment, we're seeing politics, gender, ethnicity, um, socioeconomic status, all bringing division. These are the ways of the world and the kingdom of the air. There's three. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But, oh, I love it when there's a good however statement in the Bible. Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, and that word means kindness towards the miserable with a desire to help, made us alive with Christ, no longer zombies, Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. So we're going to pause for a bit here. Grace, what is grace? This is the Greek word charis. It means undeserved or unmerited favour, merciful, loving kindness. It's a word that has a literal and a metaphorical meaning to it. It can be used literally as gift but it can be used metaphorically as, let me get this right, attributes of the one giving. We don't deserve to be made alive. We've all stuffed up. But God in his longing for connection with us, because of his great love, gifted us with a way. The gift in itself revealing his character and his attributes. It's his grace. Verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We don't have to sit here bogged down in the structures of the world. We don't have to sit here bogged down in this disunity, this divide, this separation that brings so much angst in our world. We've been invited up into the heavenly realms. That's where we see things from God's perspective. Revelation 4 verse 1, I love this verse. John was given an invitation 
Jesus said to him after this, oh, Jesus said it in a minute. After this, I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. I will show you what must, must take place after this. Oh, if only I could remember all the time that little invitation to come up here. We need to change our perspective, hey? We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. When I hit a sticky situation, something that I can't see the answer to, I need to remember to ask how God sees it. I'm preaching to myself here. For those who don't know, I'm a school teacher. I teach primary school. My patience can dwindle. We did confession session two weeks ago. (laughs) My hand was going up. We can hit times where my buttons get pushed. Anyone that I've taught in this room wasn't you. I can go to my frustration, I can deal with the situation, out of my frustration, I can give the consequences because most of the time consequences are needed. But does that actually deal with the problem? If I go to God and I say, God, how are you seeing this? What's your point of view on this situation? I can see it through his eyes. And then I come with compassion and love. And that's when breakthrough happens. That's when change happens. More often than not, when I do that, the root cause to the problem comes out. And when you can deal with the root, it's not as big an issue in the future. I also need to remember to do this with myself. Anyone else critical of themselves? Yeah. I can be so critical. I need to learn to see myself from heaven's perspective. I need to keep remembering that my identity comes from him. I'd love us to just pause for a minute. Actually, can we stand up? A little sailor moment in the middle. Just close your eyes and bring to mind a situation that might be niggling at you right now, whether it's something in yourself or something with another person. And if you don't have one of these, pray for the rest of us. And give it to God. Get in close to Him. And then ask Him for His perspective. Jesus, we thank you that we're not doing this alone. We thank you we've been invited up into the heavenly realms with you. Help us to remember that. Help us to see what you see, to love like you love, to have compassion, the kind that brings grace and change around us. Amen. You can sit down again. That's just a little... Yes, we practically did it. That's what I do. I just pause and I go, oh, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. Show me. Yeah.
All right. So why are we seated with Christ in heavenly places? Verse 7, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by, everyone knows this one, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. Remember, grace is a gift. No one can earn grace. We can't do anything to get it. It cannot be self-generated. It is by nature a gift. Why do we give gifts? That was a bit squeaky on the microphone. We give gifts to build connection, to show love, to show value. Um, Something that comes to mind. Hang on. When we give a gift, underlying that, there's this little hope, expectation that one day in the future, we will get something in return, right? Well, some of us. (laughs) All the people with gifts as your love language, you really want to get something in the future. Not everyone does. But in our society, that's an underlying expectation. For me at Christmas time, I write my list of people that I need to buy for, the Christmas cards that I need to give. Some of you just go shopping on Christmas Eve and randomly choose things that are left on the shelves to the people that come to mind. And then you get the person that you didn't factor in, give you a gift or a card, and you think, ah, I don't have anything for them. And they get added to the list. There's this unspoken expectation of reciprocation. And they will say, don't worry about it. And they probably mean that, but my expectation is, I need to give something back. Add them to the list for next year. Does God expect us to give anything back to Him? We can't earn the gift. We can't repay the gift. But what He does expect in return is trust. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. That word submit also gets translated as acknowledge. But it actually means to know intimately. It's the Hebrew word yada. To know intimately. God's gift of grace means that we can come into community with Him and know Him intimately. And out of that intimacy comes trust in Him. Our response to the gift of grace is trust. Jump to verse 9. Not by work so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork or workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Trust is our response and then out of that comes the good deeds. We've been saved through grace, been given this gift so that we can demonstrate His richness, His glory to everyone else around us. Grace is an ongoing empowerment. It's not a one-time transaction. We need to live in it. And as we live in grace, in connection with God, understanding the nature of the giver, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do good works and share His grace and love with others. 
Grace does not come from works, but for works. Thus endeth part one, the summary being this. We were dead, everyone. God intervened for all people pouring out His mercy and grace and then we were brought near to God by His gift that can also be shared with others. All right, let's get to some more practicals. We're going to read a whole slab here, verse 11 to 22. This is where Paul applies this concept to the Jews and the Gentiles, the situation going on at the time where there was exclusions going on. Ready? Strap yourself in. Here we go. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. We were dead. Excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God intervened. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier and dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside his flesh, the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. We were brought near to God. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners with and strangers. We all belong. But fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as chief cornerstone. We sang about that this morning. In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. God brought redemption for all. There's no longer a divide. He came to bring unity. What does that mean for us? In order to be bringers of unity, we need to be God's agents of grace. If you want a title for today, Agents of Grace is a good one, or Secret Agents. To do this, we need to walk in our God-given identity. So we're going to touch on that again. We're not operating out of our place of insecurity. We're not operating out of fear of men. That is so much easier to say than do. Anyone with me? We are operating out of a firm knowledge of who we are in Christ and living as agents of grace to draw others to Him. When God created humans, He made us in His image. It's this concept of Imago Dei. All humans are image bearers of God. We understand who we are created to be when we understand the Creator. We're image bearers of Him. It's a really good study to do at some point. What are the attributes of God? Because I'm going to understand myself if I understand Him. I have a declaration that I do at least once a week with my class. Those that have been in my class in the last 10 years know this one. Um, My prayer is that by the end of the year, they know this off by heart and it's so embedded that 
sometime in the future when they have forgotten their identity, this will come back and they go, oh, actually, that is who I am. So we're going to do it together. You ready? I'm going to stand back here. Let's put it up. Ready? Go. I am a child of God. I am loved. God loves me more than I'll ever know or understand. The love He has for me, I'll show to others. God's plans for me are good because He is good. He's in a good mood. I am an encourager. I see the best in people the way that God sees them. I am a person of grace. God has unlimited grace for me and I'll show that grace to others. I am a person of excellence. I do everything for God. My God believes in me. He has given me an A plus before I've even done anything. I told my class I was going to do this with you. And one of them asked, are you going to even do that last line? Yes. A plus for you and you. The ideal would have been that Adam and Eve stayed in that knowledge, stay connected to God and all of their descendants, that's all they knew. That would have been lovely. It didn't happen. The connection got broken, but God already had a plan. I saw this summary in my preparation for today and it really hit home to me. So this is the Rachel version of that summary. God chose a group of people, Israel, to be His people, to bring God to the world, to share His light, His love, His grace. But they became insular, blocking out the world, instead of bringing that connection and sharing it with everyone around them and inviting them in. They formed an us-them mentality. There's us and then there's the them. So God sent Jesus. He made a way for all humanity to come into connection with God. He killed off the us-them mentality. Our challenge now... What are we doing to pass on that grace that was so freely given to us? I've been so challenged. I can be selfish. I want to keep that love to myself. I can fall into the us-them mentality. When I do that, I stop loving. That's not okay. Selfishness keeps God's love to myself rather than sharing it. Many years ago, the church that I was in, we went through this phase where we changed our mentality of how we saw people away from God. Instead of calling them non-Christians, we called them pre-Christians. Changed how I looked at others around me. It's not us and them. They are image bearers of God too. They just don't know it yet. Can I have the musicians up? Please. Everyone is included in this gift of God's grace and redemption. And it's up to every individual to choose Him in return. For us to share it, it could be as simple as eye contact and a smile when you walk past someone. That could be enough to share God's grace. Or having a conversation with the checkout person if you're going through the checkout aisle rather than doing it yourself. Or when you're doing it yourself, have a little conversation with the person next to you. 
the simple things, a smile. People long to be seen and known. That's where belonging comes from. Seeing others as God sees them applies to all people. God loves all humanity. And when we are fully connected to God, living loved and knowing our identity, we see others as God sees them and we love others well. It's God's love that draws people to Him. There's no us, me mentality in God. We're all humans, loved, fully loved by a God who loves unconditionally, who longs to connect with all of creation, who longs to be in community with Him. We who know God have the task of passing on this love and grace of God. And we do that out of the grace that has been gifted to us. That's our challenge. Can we all close our eyes? And if you haven't yet made that decision to be connected with God, we'd love to chat with you later. But it's as simple as saying, yes, Jesus, I acknowledge that You are the Son of God. You died for me. You took my sin. Be the Lord of my life. Lord God, we're so sorry for keeping You to ourselves. We're so sorry for looking through earthly eyes for forgetting that we've been called up into Your presence in the heavenly realms. We thank You that You love us so unconditionally, that you, Your grace is so freely given to us. God, we wanna be bearers of Your light. We wanna share Your grace. Will You show us the little ways and the big ways that we can do that with the people around us? God, anytime we get that niggly grace growing person, help us to see them through your eyes. God, we want to live in connection with you and bring others into that connection too. We thank you that you're with us. You surround us, you go before us, and you love us. Amen. <laughs>